Hey, what is up, everyone? We want to welcome you to The Loop, a podcast of Mosaic Church. In today's episode, we're talking with Pastor Brandon about faith that works in a world that doesn't. And what that really means is we're going to be contrasting the ways of Jesus with the ways of the world, and very specifically, what Jesus would have us do when it comes to this big uh, topic, this big ball of faith. So that's what we're jumping in today, and we're going to get right to it. So let's do it. You're listening to The Loop, a podcast by Mosaic Church. The goal, to know Jesus a little better, so we can live like Him a little more. And now, here's today's host, Scott Compton. Again, we want to welcome you to The Loop. My name is Scott. I'll be one of your hosts as we talk about all the kinds of things that are happening at Mosaic in an attempt to know Jesus a little better so that we can live like Him a little more. In each of these podcasts, we'll preview upcoming message series from Mosaic, answer questions on faith and life from our audience and social media, and give you some practical next steps and resources that are going to help you further your faith. And today is absolutely no exception to that. We are going to jump right into it with the senior pastor of Mosaic, Brandon Connor. Hey, what's up, Brandon? Hey, Scott, it's good to be with you. I got to admit right out of the gate that I was a little bit reluctant to get into this whole podcast scene, but we've been doing it for about a month now, and we're getting great feedback on the daily content that we're producing. And so we're excited to see how God's using it to work in people's lives and just grow their faith in Jesus. I'm really excited about the podcast today because it's going to give people a little bit of an insight into a series that we're kicking off this weekend. It's really a desire of mine to keep people in the loop so that they don't miss out on anything that's happening here at Mosaic. Well, I'm excited too. I've been checking out the daily podcast and and what I have found personally is like just having that reminder in the morning, like one of the first things I do is get a mindset for the day uh, and it really helps me focus through everything I do. So I've been super appreciative of of the content that you guys have put out so far. I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about today. Um, I know before we get into it, you want to talk about some of the upcoming message series. Uh, You want to tell us about that? Yeah, this weekend at Mosaic, we're kicking off a brand new study in the book of 1 Thessalonians, and then within that study, we're starting a brand new series, and the title of the series is actually called Faith That Works in a World That Doesn't. I know that a lot of people just find themselves frustrated with the world right now, and we want people to understand that they can actually live out a faith that really keeps them grounded and moving ahead, even when the world feels broken. I think that's super helpful. I'm looking forward to it uh, as I kind of go through what's processing and what's happening in my life right now. Uh, before we jump in, kind of the broad topic of though of this uh, and what you're going to be looking at for the next month, a quick question for you, because I know we have a wide, diverse audience here. Brandon, what would you say to people who might say to you, you know, I've tried faith before and it really doesn't work for me? Yeah, I would love to have that conversation with someone. A lot of people don't know this about me, but when I was in my late 20s and my early 30s, I actually worked on a college campus for about six years, and I had a lot of different conversations with both students and with a lot of my colleagues who struggled with that very question. They felt like they had tried faith at some point in their life, many of them growing up in the Bible Belt, but they felt like faith didn't really work for them. And so if that was a conversation that I could have again today, like I did so many times back then over the course of that six years, I I probably would try to help them understand that one of the things I've learned from speaking with a lot of different people about this is that the problem isn't really with their faith. 
the problem was with the version of faith that they were practicing. I mean, if we were honest, I think we would all agree there are a lot of different versions of Christianity that are being practiced in the world. If you just go to different kinds of churches, if you walk and you talk with different kinds of people, you would agree, like, yes, there are different versions. We might even say on the podcast that there are even perversions of Christianity that are out there. And so a lot of people feel like faith doesn't work, but what's really not working is the version of the faith that they're actually practicing. And so I think that if we could have that conversation, I would want to ask someone, is there really something wrong with faith or is there something wrong with your faith? Um, Some people have a faith and that faith has been distorted. Um, It's not a Christian faith that Jesus came to give us. Some people practice a kind of faith that seems like it's incomplete because it's missing really, really critical components. Um, And as much as I hate to admit it, I think a lot of times faith is incomplete. It's lacking because the church hasn't always done a good job of representing the faith that Jesus came to usher into the world. And so that's a a fault on our part, but it causes people to feel like faith doesn't really work. And it's really the kind of faith that you're practicing just isn't working. Sure. So, so if a person has walked away from faith or even if a person is looking at everything going in the world on in the world right now today, and they're really struggling with that idea of, of faith and of what, who God really is. Uh, this is a good series to check out and see if the problem maybe is, is faith itself, or maybe it's the, the version of faith that we've developed that maybe be inaccurate. I do. I hope that people will come out for this series, tune in online, whatever they need to do, because that's the kind of stuff that we're actually going to be talking about, a kind of faith that actually seems to fall short. And how do we get it to a place where it's a full and complete faith that gets me through a world that is broken? Okay, Brandon, let's talk about the flip side, the other side of people then. Would this series have an impact on people who maybe still have their faith? Will it help people who love Jesus and go to church every weekend, like take it to the next level? Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things I see in Christian people a lot is this idea that faith is something for me, um, but faith doesn't really require anything from me. And so in order to have a faith that works, those are the kinds of issues that we're going to have to work through because it's a misunderstanding that's just not biblical, and it's something that we need to correct. And I think it'll help people who have been in church all their life. That's awesome. All right. Uh, so if, if this is all about uh, faith requiring of something of us for that for that particular population, give me an example of what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, about five years ago, I was sitting in my boss's office. My boss's name was Darby. So shout out to Darby out there if you're listening. And uh, I was sitting in his office and I was actually getting ready the next day to leave for a two week long vacation. And what I knew that no one else knew in the room was that while I was on that two-week two week vacation, I was probably going to be going for an interview. And I don't know why he asked me this question, but right before I got up to leave for my two-week vacation, Darby looked at me and he said, Brandon, let me ask you something. I said, sure, man, what is it? And he said, how are you feeling about being here long-term at New Point? New Point was the name of the church that I was serving at at the time. And when he asked me that question, I immediately knew that my faith required certain things of me. Um, One of the things that it required of me in that moment was it required me to be honest. I mean, there was absolutely no way that I could 
say that I was committed to the church, walk out of that office, go on a vacation, attend an interview, maybe get a job offer, come back and say, I know I told you like right before I left that I was completely committed to the church, but I changed my mind. I filled out a resume. I sent them my, all my paperwork. I went on an interview while I was on vacation, got a job offer, and here's my letter of resignation. <laughs> There's no character in anyone who does something like that. And so I knew, like right there in that moment, my faith required me to be honest. Second thing that my faith required of me, though, is it required me to trust that God would take care of me and my family if there was some fallout from being honest. And the truth is, that's exactly what happened. Uh, My boss, I think, had so much confidence in me that he was certain that they would offer me that job. And so when I came back, he had already made plans for my exit strategy. And so he had been thinking through, okay, like Brandon's going to get this job offer. How are we going to conduct our search? When's going to be his last day? What are we going to tell the people? How is this going to work? Because he had a responsibility to fill the leadership position that I was vacating. The problem was I didn't get the job offer. <laughs> and so he looked at me and said, hey, so when are you going to be leaving? I said, I'm not. Like, they didn't give me the job. They went in a different direction. And it was one of those moments where they had to prepare to fill the responsibilities that someday I would be leaving. And the timing wasn't matching up. And I had to trust God in that moment. Okay, God, how are you going to provide for me and my family during this season as we identified a date when I would finish working at New Point Community Church? The third thing that my faith required of me, though, is it required me to be patient. Um, Scott, all of this stuff happened to me when my daughter was in the middle of her freshman year at college and my son was in middle school. Actually, it wasn't college, it was high school, and my son was in middle school. And I gotta tell you, if you're a parent, no parent wants to move their kids when they're in the middle of high school and middle school. And so for me, I didn't wanna move them, but I knew I was gonna have to. But the last thing I wanted to do was move them and then move them again because I just took the first opportunity that someone gave me. And so my faith in that season, it required me to be patient. It required me to trust that God would take care of me and my family so that I didn't jump at the first opportunity, but instead I waited for the right opportunity. And so I look at that whole experience that I had just five years ago and I say, man, my world wasn't working but my faith was. And that's really what I want for people as a result of this series. When faith actually helps you get through things when the world all around you feels completely broken and frustrating. Man, I I appreciate your story. I feel like uh, a lot of what you're saying is very applicable to what I'm going through in this season right now. Uh, And it makes me think about a little bit, though, when faith requires something of us, the effect that that has on the people in our orbit as well. And it makes me think about my grandma you know, I grew up in, in church, but because I was forced to, not because I wanted to. And I can still remember <laughs> every Sunday morning, uh, the sound of my grandma's Buick pulling up in the driveway to come and drag me and my brother out of bed and take us to church. And so we, we grew up in this really tiny church that was a, it wasn't a chair church like most modern churches. It was a pew church. So there was no like oh, delineation yeah. between where one person sits and the other one uh, could sit then from there on out. But Instead, like my grandma would put us down in this pew and she would shove us as close as possible to her. No social distancing. No social distancing (laughs) back then, for sure. (laughs) She would wrap her arms around us. And I always thought like, 
to the outside world, like everybody in that congregation is thinking, man, this grandma loves her kids. She's bringing them to church every Sunday morning. She can't help but wrap her arms around them. Uh, but to us, to those that were squeezed in, we knew that those arms were not like loving arms, but those were tools. Those were weapons of destruction that were used <laughs> in the event that we made any noise at all. She could whack us with each part of her arm uh, in incredible, incredible ways. And my grandma did that from the time I was like a toddler to the time I was 18 mm. for the, the, the sheer purpose of hoping that the faith that had helped her get through her life would rub us, rub off on us. And every time mm. that we like fought her and went against her and antagonized her, she kept pushing through because, you know, if we could develop that faith, uh, it would take us through to the next level in our lives, the next level in our journey. So when I think about faith requiring something of us, and my grandma took that super seriously, uh, and she made sure that her faith uh, was going to cast off on everybody her in her orbit. So uh, it's it's crazy what when we take the responsibility of faith requiring something of us, what it will do for other people as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of people unfortunately just focus on what faith can do for them, and they don't think about what faith really requires from them. And so I'm hoping that as we get into this series at Mosaic, it starts to open people's eyes to maybe the other side of faith that they really haven't considered before. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it's something that we all take for granted. It's not just about what faith can do for us, but that faith comes with a great deal of responsibility, too, and I really like that. I think if we trace that back to the Bible, we'd find that faith was always like just uh, like, a, like a first step. It's pretty close to that Spider-Man quote, with, with much power comes much responsibility, <laughs> but with much faith comes, uh, comes some great actions on the other side of it. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about Spider-Man, but I think you're onto something biblically <laughs> speaking. You know, I would encourage people to go even read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it's a chapter that just documents what faith required of people. And it's amazing to see how faith actually played out in people's lives over and over again. And as a result of it, they'd move from just living ordinary lives to really extraordinary lives. Faith did a lot for them, but faith also required a lot from them. Give me an example of that, Brandon. What do you got? Well, you know, I look at, you know, Noah. I mean, here's Noah, and he isn't even really familiar all that much with the concept of rain, and yet God says, hey, man, I want you to build a boat that's going to be necessary for something that you don't even fully understand. And so there's a guy who rolls up his sleeves and spends the greater part of 100 years building a boat for a flood that he couldn't even fully comprehend. And so it's not just that faith required something from him, it's that faith required something crazy from him. And sometimes faith requires crazy things of us as well. Yeah, man, you got me thinking about uh, even the New Testament alone is filled with these crazy moments of people that faith has has pushed them to do incredible things. I'm thinking about uh, Luke chapter 5, the story of the paraplegic. So you have this guy who lives in a society where your worth is, is pretty much determined by what you can do physically. And as someone who is, is, is physically unable to do anything, like he is cast off from society. And we have this moment uh, where Jesus was rising in popularity. Jesus was rising in his ability to perform miracles. And so people went out of their way to connect those two things. So this guy, this paraplegic, 
his friends find out Jesus is going to be in town. He's teaching at a home. They lift this guy up, bring him to the house. Uh, when they get there, they find that the house is so crowded that they couldn't get in. Now, like me, if, if that's me at this point, like I've already pushed the limits of my faith. Okay, I've come up to the door. It isn't happening. God's mm-hmm. sending a clear message like, okay, it's time to move on. But these people, out of such faith, then go to the roof, begin to dig away at the tile and the dirt until they have a hole big enough to lower their friend in. Now, I, my favorite part of this is I'm thinking, like, what must it have been like to be like in the room where Jesus is talking and see the roof start to peel away. Like mm. what would it be like to be in church today and start to see the tiles from the roof start coming off? Like the rapture is here. Some things are happening. Like God's here. Uh, but it just seems so, so common in the story. They lower him down. And then in the middle of this crowd, Jesus not only heals him, but forgives his sin. Like, the amount of faith it would take to keep going through each step of this journey and keep pushing to get closer and closer to Jesus, because you know, if you can just connect, if you can just get to that moment, miracles are going to happen. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. You're right, man. Faith, faith requires you to get some crazy, go through some crazy things to get to that miracle moment. Yeah. I mean, there's a group of guys who had faith in Jesus, but because they loved their friend, That faith required them to do everything within their power to get their friend to Jesus. And there's a lesson in there for the Christian community today. Yeah, it's incredible. Hey, hey, before we keep going into this, I want to remind everyone that this is just a little taste of what Mosaic is going to be covering in their new series that kicks off this weekend, Faith That Works in a world that doesn't. Now, you can join Mosaic in person on Thursdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. Or obviously, you can join us online Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11. You can find that stream on the website at mosaicgc.com, also live on their Facebook and YouTube page. And finally, uh, please connect socially with Mosaic Church. Uh, search and cross Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of that stuff. Join the online community. Keep the conversation going, and there's going to be some really cool ways in the future for you to connect with this podcast. We'll talk about that a little bit later with the stuff happening on social media. All right, Brandon, we talked about faith moving us to action, but I'm curious, how can we be sure that we're putting our faith in the right place? There are a lot of people, and I think we're all guilty of this, that are putting their faith in a lot of different ideas, beliefs, relationships, politics on and on. And it's easy to say, oh, I have faith that this thing is right. So I'm going to put all my energy into it. But how do we make sure that we're putting our faith into the right thing? Yeah, great question. Um, Putting your faith in the wrong thing doesn't do anyone a whole lot of good. And this is why I always want to point people back to Jesus. In fact, I think this is such an important issue for people in the world right now, because when you look at the world, you really do see people living in what may feel like desperate times, and because they feel a little bit desperate, sometimes they start to put their faith in the wrong things. And so this year, people may have put their faith in a particular politician. They may have put their faith in an election process. And I think I've even seen people this year put their faith, or we might even say their hope, in some modern-day prophets. Um, In fact, I had people who were sending me all kinds of YouTube videos of prophets who were making predictions, no kidding, that on January 20th, 
Biden would be in jail and Trump would be back in the Oval Office serving his second term as president of the United States. And as we all know, that did not happen. Um, And so when you look at that, you see, okay, like what's going on in people that they're turning to these resources and whether it's putting their faith in those resources or putting their hope in those resources, ultimately what ends up happening is they get disappointed. I mean, you you look at politicians, politicians are going to win some elections and they're going to lose some elections. And it's why you can't put your faith in a politician. Modern day prophets are not always going to be right. It's why the New Testament tells us that we should actually judge their prophecies and we should put what they say to the test. Sometimes they may be right, but there are going to be a lot of times that they actually may be wrong, but not Jesus. Jesus is never wrong. Jesus is definitely going to win in the end. Jesus has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And then I love what Jesus said while he was on the earth. He said, do not be discouraged when you encounter troubles in this world, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And this right here is why we have to put our faith and our hope in Jesus, not anything else or anyone else in the world. And, you know, it sounds sounds so simple, right? And yet I continue to mess it up. Jesus transforms our lives when we agree to walk with him. If we would just rest our faith there, communicate with him regularly, follow the words he left for us, things would probably take care of themselves. But man, do I sometimes forget that and start putting my primary faith in in other things. I think as you're talking, this is like an hour of repentance for me. Well, I think you're somewhat joking, but I think there's also a little bit of truth in every joke. It probably is a time when we should all be looking at our lives and asking the question, what have I really been putting my faith in? And if it's anything other than Jesus, we need to repent of that. We need to come back to Jesus and know that he is the only reliable source for us to live in this world in terms of our source of faith. I'm not saying that there's anything bad about political figures. I'm not saying that it's sinful to listen to certain spiritual leaders on YouTube channels. But I am saying that if you put your faith or your hope in people or the wrong places, you're probably going to end up in Tremendous amounts of disappointment, and I don't want that for you. Yeah, I think we all find ourselves in that in that area. So I, I appreciate where the conversation has taken us today. I'm excited for what Mosaic has over this next month as we kind of dive into this topic. Uh, but before we take off today, Brandon, uh, how can people begin to prepare for this weekend as we kick off the new series? Yeah, I would encourage people to go ahead and crack open their Bibles and start reading the book of 1 Thessalonians. It's in the New Testament. If you're the kind of person who likes to read ahead, man, go ahead and start reading through that first chapter and just get a glimpse and start thinking about and praying about what we're going to be discussing this weekend. Start looking for that theme of faith and how that plays out over the course of that chapter. Second, I would encourage people to not only come to church, but invite someone to come to church with them. It may be someone who has been in church all their life, Um, and somehow they're struggling in their faith right now, or you feel like there's some misunderstandings about what faith really looks like and what it requires, 
desires of us, invite them to church. Someone who may not be a person of faith, someone who hasn't been in church ever in their life, invite them to come to Mosaic with you this weekend. Help them understand that it may be that it's not that faith doesn't work, but a version of faith that has actually let them down. That would be my prayers that we could just help people have a big breakthrough this weekend as we jump into this new series. And then finally, I want to give people a resource. Uh, I would encourage people if they want more on this particular topic, pick up John Ortberg's book. It's called Faith and Doubt. Great resource that will continue to help you work through the struggles of faith and questions that we all have as we walk this world and try to figure out how to do it with Jesus. That's amazing. Uh, I'm picking up Faith and Doubt this week. I'm going to work through that. I'm excited for what Mosaic is bringing this weekend. Thanks so much, Brandon. Thanks for everyone that's listening. Again, I would echo what Brandon said. If this helped in any way, make sure you share the link with someone. You know, we can get caught up in uh, hey, we want to change the world, but changing the world starts by changing your own life, and, and you can change uh, the lives of those in your orbit uh, just by sending them some information maybe that they've not connected with in the past. So it's a great, easy way to begin to spread this message to get people interested in what's going on with this topic of faith. Uh, we want to remind everyone, hey, you are deeply loved, you are greatly appreciated, and we'll see you again on The Loop next time. You've been listening to The Loop, a podcast by Mosaic Church. For more information, visit us online at mosaicgc.com.